0: FYI, this podcast contains spoilers.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 131 of the podcast that goes snicked.
0: Snicky snick.
1: We're your hosts, Jason and Denise Venable. What's up? And we are here to, uh talk about the end of wolverines that's right it's over the grand you. finale but <laughs> well, more on that later of course we also have the end of all new x-men yes and then we also have some uh, some prizes for uh
0: prizes or surprises
1: surprises Well, maybe a prize for some people
0: do i get a prize nope
1: damn unless there's one at the bottom of your cereal
0: no, <laughs> I Too buy bad. the generic.
1: Too bad. So sad. Kroger should give away prizes in their cereal. What? What's they so don't, special so that they them? can
0: sell it cheaper. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, those those little cheap toys are what's driving up the cost.
0: That's what the uh, no the big general box the name
1: brand is what drives up the cost.
0: Yeah, considering a lot of that cereal comes off the same shell.
1: <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. And it's definitely not Secret Wars, unless it's a secret grocery, grocery war. marketing war. Ooh, <laughs> I, I
0: could tell you about that. We might
1: be on to something inside baseball. Um,
0: <laughs> inside the grocery store. Yeah. A shopper's look inside the bad, bad world of marketing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you just, I'm pretty sure Captain Crunch is evil.
0: Oh, there's a reason why all the brightly colored cereal boxes are around the three foot mark. You want to take a guess why?
1: Well, it's because kids will see it and go, you know, I, want I want it! And they'll yep. lay down on the floor and throw a tantrum.
0: Yep. And do you know that only in America, I think. the least profitable items are on the top shelf where it's really hard to reach?
1: Well, yeah. If, you, if you're not tall, you're not healthy. No, short, it's because people, people are aren't lazy. Healthy.
0: <laughs> no, it's because people are lazy and they figure, well, do I reach or I get the other thing for like 20 cents more? I'll right. get the other thing for 20 cents more.
1: But anyway,
0: yeah, we're not here for grocery marketing. This is
1: not the podcast that goes grocery marketing. shopping. <laughs> Though apparently, from Georgie's review last week, uh, Wolverine <laughs> went shopping. Goes shopping. Yeah. <laughs> but this is this week, and we have lots of comics to talk about.
0: Yes, we do.
1: But <gasps> uh oh, before we get to comics, I would be remiss to skip out on some Wolverine news so anyway we got some uh post secret wars marvel news <gasps> the new marvel universe
0: and 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 now
1: so we had a teaser last week that you know told us basically what we already knew <laughs> that uh ultimate spider-man miles will be coming over yes. and we would still have regular spider-man and you know We saw that Spider-Gwen's going to stick around. Of course, obviously, the breakout character of the last year is not going anywhere. Of course. And then we know about the the all-new, all-different Avengers team we're going to have. So we kind of knew all that. But another second image came out. Another uh teaser image. And this answers some uh, Wolverine questions.
0: So excited, so excited.
1: (laughs) So apparently, after Secret Wars, in some way, form, or fashion, now
0: oh come on just spill it i'm gonna pee in not- my pants
1: <laughs> wow <laughs> this i gotta see um the marvel bigwigs have said the different areas of battle world will also survive so i don't know if that means like they'll just continue to use the multiverse or if all these lands will somehow still exist in our universe either In a hidden place on Earth or, like, on a separate planet in outer space or whatever. Maybe they can be the 10th planet that's not a planet after Pluto. (laughs) Anyway, regardless, in some form or another, old man Logan is going to survive Secret Wars.
0: Well, yes.
1: Okay. So he will still be probably a regular character, not, like, in a one-off series here and there, but actually, like, part of the Marvel story going forward.
0: And the... The picture you showed me, he looks pretty cool.
1: Yeah. No, he he looks like Old Man Logan, which he looks like a tough, badass old man. Yeah. Old Man Logan always a little bit reminded me of Clint Eastwood and um, Gran Torino.
0: I can kind of see Just as
1: far as like, just, you don't want to mess with that old dude. Yeah. (laughs) But then further... Uh-oh. It's something you'll remember that we here on the podcast predicted a long time ago.
0: We did a really long and time it's, ago. And it's
1: coming true. And X-23 is going to officially take up the mantle of Wolverine.
0: So the question is, is she going to be called yes, Wolverine? Yes, pretty sure. Or is she still X-23? She just dresses like
1: Wolverine? No, I'm pretty sure she's going to be Wolverine, like the new Thor and uh, Captain Marvel. Like they So caric- do
0: they call new Thor, new Thor?
1: No, she's just Thor. And then the other Thor is now called Odinson, I think, or something like that. I don't. I've never really been a huge Thor fan, so (gasps) I know all my fans just gasped because that's like one of the hottest books right now. But um,
0: well, we're not the podcast that goes Thor.
1: No, we're not. We're not worthy. We're not worthy to pick up Mjolnir. But anyway, um, no, I'm pretty sure she's. Just going to be Wolverine and there'll be a new Wolverine series. No, what'll be interesting. If they called her baby Wolverine. (laughs) Only Iceman. Um, No, but it'll be interesting. Will they interact? Like what will old man Logan's role? What will Logan's role be going forward? Will he kind of be the mentor to X-23 Wolverine or will he be like the old Kung Fu TV show or the old Hulk TV show? It's kind of this guy wandering around the country doing stuff. You know, like I don't know where he's going to fit in.
0: I would love to see it like the old Batman cartoons where Batman was in a wheelchair but he was training like new Batman. Right. Right. A new Batman would be like, I don't get it, and he's like, yeah, like I'm uh, the sage. Batman Beyond, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm the Sage Batman.
1: I think that'd be cool too. I'm also curious because we still don't really know the status of the X-Men, like where they're going to be located, whether they're going to be off in space, which I think is probably most likely. I don't really give much credence to the pocket dimension thing, or whether they're still going to be on Earth and just not have as big of a function. Uh, with the Inhumans kind of taking over that role. But it, it appears that X-23 Wolverine and Old Man Wolverine will be alongside our normal heroes. Of course, Wolverine's always been everywhere anyway, so that's no surprise. No. But will they kind of be like the last mutants for a while, like as far as the Earth is concerned? I don't know. There's a lot of questions. I'm hoping, you know, because post-Secret Wars, the universe is starting, I think, eight, is it eight weeks or eight months later? I think it's eight months after okay. the end of Secret Wars. There's going to be a time gap. And I'm sure over time they'll fill in some of that
0: gap. Yeah, so, they'll just put random stuff in there.
1: Well, so I'm sure we'll see. Like, I'm sure we'll start off with X-23 as Wolverine. And over time, we'll kind of see flashbacks of her journey, how she got there. But I won't lie. And, you know, we, we when the Wolverines weekly first started, we both one of our hypotheses, one of our theories, was that that series would be the journey of someone taking over the mantle of Wolverine. Right. And honestly, now that I know that's going to actually happen, because I kind of, like we both predicted it, but as Wolverines went on, I kind of thought, okay, they'll just bring Wolverine back after Secret Wars, and this series, they're not going to, right? No one's going to take him over. Right. That series convinced me that we were just maybe wrong. Then it turns out we're not wrong. That series just didn't do what it had the opportunity to do. So now that makes that series kind of even worse for me because I wish it was a story of how X-23 became Wolverine instead of just a random story that we'll talk about later. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, that's the news. I will say it's funny enough, me and the podcast at Ghost Nick, actually the most interesting thing about that image to me was Thing in a Guardians of the Galaxy uniform. So I'm really interested to see him join that team. I hope that doesn't mean we're losing Drax, though. I'd be disappointed. He was really fun in the movie. I've really enjoyed reading him in the series, uh, in Bendis' series. I don't think Bendis will be writing anymore. Uh, He'll be writing, but I don't think Guardians. I'm not, don't quote me on that. But so, I don't know if things, because they're kind of the same function. So, but I hope. Maybe either they coexist or maybe there'll be two teams of Guardians. I don't know. I don't well, why
0: can't he just add to the team?
1: Well he could, but then you have two like big, muscle bound, tough guys.
0: But that would actually be kinda hilarious. Yeah. It, Their I mean, smart it, assery and sarcasm would right. mesh well, well together.
1: And it's no secret, the thing is my favorite character of Fantastic Four. In fact, until Hickman got a hold of Reed Richards, he was kind of the only character I really loved in Fantastic Four. So I'm that. excited to see him in a team where I like more members. <laughs> but anyway, that's the news. So yeah, uh, we'll have X-23 as Wolverine, and we'll have old man Logan running around doing something. So I think it'll be fun. I'll kind of wait to see how it turns out. I will say I'm not super crazy about X-23's uniform. Really, I don't, something about like the legs is a little too blue for me.
0: Oh, so that's I, the part I love the okay. most about well, that's it. That's fine.
1: I will reserve judgment until I see it in action on the page, but just from that one image, I just and I don't really care for going back to the old Wolverine boots. Like I like that that's in I hindsight. Love. I don't know if I want it. In but a I think on a uniform. girl,
0: I think it looks hot. Like okay, well, fair enough. I don't like her hooded cowl. It looks like it's a cap, and her hair comes out the bottom. Yes,
1: like the old school Jean Grey mask. Yes, and I don't or like the that. old school. Can you? I would mask. have
0: preferred her just to have like
1: what a headband.
0: No, just a cowl. Not not a cowl. Like a blue face mask.
1: Okay, that fair stuck. enough. I kind of like the nod to like ex history that it has.
0: Yeah, but I also don't want her to lose her blue and yellow streak
1: yeah i it doesn't look like it's in there i kind of hope they decide to throw that in because i do like that but maybe with the uniform she doesn't feel like she needs it you know and we talked about because the the, the, when she dyed her hair we both kind of got excited because that was her getting ready to become wolverine and then again in the wolverine series nothing really happened with it no so I, i i'm very curious to see how they play it out I still thought we would maybe get a different version of, like, regular Wolverine, but we're going to get Old Man instead, and I'm okay with that for a while.
0: So yeah, I'm okay with Old Man Logan.
1: Just, I as long as he gets a good creative team on his book, and then... Yeah. And I do hope they interact. If it's if it's not a regular, like, constant mentorship, I at least hope they bump into each other every now and then.
0: Well, I kind of hope that she... Because There's a give and take. Like, if he has an issue, she comes to his side, and they both learn from it and vice versa
1: well he's from an alternate future but in theory he would still remember her in the past but then you get all all the tricky time travel stuff does he remember well no he wouldn't because obviously the timeline he's from he didn't die right so so that's a completely different offshoot so never mind (laughs) he wouldn't ever remember a time where she took his place
0: no but i'm super excited i'm super excited because A, we kind of called it. Right. But I'm also excited. from. But from a girl standpoint, this, X-23 has the potential to be the, like, right. the most awesome female character.
1: Uh, she, could, Yeah. I mean, will she ever be as popular as Wolverine? I think. Potentially. Maybe.
0: Maybe. I
1: don't know if she'll ever. I mean, he's kind of. I mean, he's right up there with like Batman and Spider-Man. And so yeah. it'd be hard to really go that far. But yeah. she could definitely be as popular as like. Spider Don't say Gwen Jean Grey. No, I was gonna say some of the new newer characters that have been really popular the last few years. I like miss Marvel, uh Spider Gwen, Lady Thor.
0: I just I wanna see her just skyrocket.
1: I, I would too. You know, it's funny because she was really popular when she first came out. And then people kinda didn't use her right. Her book, solo book, didn't really go anywhere and kind of the sales weren't that great. I mostly think that's just the direction the book chose to take but whatever so i was kind of under the impression that she had kind of fallen out of people's Grace. minds yeah that because even x fans don't talk about her that much that i see but out of curiosity and it could be that all this is just because of this new announcement i don't think it is But i went just to see what her first appearance was going for on ebay Hundred mm-hmm. 150 bucks was the lowest one i saw whoa yeah are you in, me? in good condition. There were some that were not in good condition that were lower, but they were going as high as like $250, $300. Now, like the $300 ones, I didn't see any bids on, Well, yeah. but but the ones I did see bids were the ones that were like $100, 150 So people were actually paying that much for them. Do me. you have those? Nope, I do not. I was actually kind of wanting to get one, but that's too much. Oh,
0: I was kind of I've thinking never if read, have I've, one, we could sell one. Yeah,
1: because I've never read her first appearance before.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Hm. Because it was in an
1: offshoot book called uh, NYX.
0: NYX?
1: Yeah. It was like number two or number three. And I never read that series. I didn't even know she was in it until way after the fact. Because even when I first found out about it, it was already like in the $20, 30 range.
0: So if, if you happen to have to get said first issue, would it upset you if a certain someone spent that much money? or
1: Um... We never know.
0: really we joke about your your comic book budget. That's
1: a lot to spend for paper.
0: <laughs> okay, just wondering how you feel about it.
1: I mean, maybe someday I want to. Cause I thought about like after we retire, maybe trying to save up and buy a Wolverine first appearance. But yeah, I don't know.
0: We need to talk about your comic book collection, by the way. There's
1: nothing to talk about. It's great,
0: and it's growing. It is every day. You get a <laughs> comic book delivery. <laughs> I love how he's like, I didn't want to spend this much money this week on comics. And then yet, like three days in a row, he's gotten... Yeah,
1: that's all cheap eBay stuff.
0: Yeah. Okay. Do you remember that uh, the next time you chastise me for buying a pair of running shorts? When
1: have I ever chastised you for buying I don't running know. shorts? I'm Never. Just... <laughs> I've always supported you.
0: One time you asked me, how many pairs did I actually have?
1: I did, because I was curious. <laughs> whether i should buy you some more or not
2: oh all
1: right this is bad podcasting i'm sorry that's okay
0: you can edit it all out
1: no i'm gonna leave it in because georgie will probably like it
0: (laughs) i don't think it's as good as the sex madonna sex book banter
1: (laughs) you you had an awkward pause there i don't think it's as good as the sex and most things aren't. Well no. Never mind. <laughs>
0: oh, that's bad. It's going downhill.
1: All right. Well anyways, that's our news. So um why don't we get to some actual comments yes, that involve these characters. Yes. Said characters. X twenty-three even. Characters. X twenty-three even. It's my ass uh, Nagle <laughs> All right, moving on. All right. Here we go. Hey, hey, we're the Wolverines. People say we snarked around, but we're too busy heathen for anyone to keep us down. Hey, hey, it's the grand finale of the Wolverines. Grand? It's just over. Mini-series. I guess it's not really mini. It's 20 issues. I meant to say weekly series. But Yeah, this is it. Wolverines, number 20. The big shebang. The big. <laughs> now, now, don't blow it.
0: Oh, there is no blowing, people. If you hadn't figured it out by now, that <laughs> this one was probably gonna be a dumper, then uh,
1: <laughs> you're oblivious to the world. Well, anyway, this is written by Charles Soule, with art by Wando, with letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! And then Zach Howard and Nelson Daniel do the cover. And as far as I'm aware, they waited until the last issue to get their first cover in. And it is a stinker.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, maybe that's why.
1: My apologies to Zach Howard and Nelson Daniel. But maybe they should apologize to me. This cover is ugly. Awful. X-23 looks like a dude. Like, seriously. She has man hands and a man face.
0: And she looks like she's 83.
1: Sabretooth has tauntaun claws. (laughs) wrapped around Wolverine's statue, which we haven't seen in forever and is not in the comic, but that's fine. I'm not one of those ticklers that the cover has to match the issue. That doesn't bother me, but it's just Dawkins looks okay, I guess. And, and We, we have, have
0: a random Mystique hand.
1: Yeah, the white velvet glove of Mystique, or silken glove, and then Deathstrike hanging out in the very back with a giant mouth.
0: I think the composition of the cover would have been better if they'd taken out Mystique's Hand, but possibly the but characters it's, it's ugly, alone though. are ugly.
1: <laughs> Sabertooth looks okay, ugly because I mean he's kind of an ugly dude anyway, so no biggie. But yeah, but X twenty three X twenty three, who's the focal point of the cover, looks terrible. She's awful. <laughs> so not a fan of this cover, but I'm sure the comic will more than make up for it.
0: We now know what X twenty three would look like if she was a dude.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately. It doesn't just, see, if this just looked like Wolverine and drag, I'd be okay with it.
0: It's not a, uh, what is it? it, Jenner, uh what is her, her new name now?
1: Oh, Caitlyn Jenner? Yeah. No. No, it's not. No. It's just a very mannish, ugly X-23.
0: Yes. But who did get her nails done. Those are some like. Well-manicured man nails.
1: They, but but you hit the nail on the head, though. They're well-manicured man nails. Yes. It looks like my hand. It
0: does look like your with hand. The
1: less, with no hair on the last knuckle.
0: Yeah. Put a guitar in there or a drumstick. Change stick. some of
1: that halftone shading or a couple of long hairs on the ring finger, last knuckle.
0: And put on your wedding ring.
1: Yeah. And that's my hand. Yep. Aw. So the podcast that Ghost Nick brought to you by Wolverine's Hands yes all right anyway in this cover or i'm sorry in this comic uh you know what happened a bunch of stuff that no one cares about and so we end up we have some like courier service
0: <laughs> ex-fed that's what's on the back of her shirt
1: oh yeah so not fedex but ex-fed, ex-fed as in one time we ate <laughs>
0: <laughs> or i'm an ex-federal agent
1: yeah so I looked it up. This poor old guy, who I said has a weird Darkhawk helmet, yeah, he's a Darkhawk, vi- uh, a Dark Hawk. Hawk. He's a Dark Hawk villain that I didn't know about.
0: Well, I didn't know about it
1: either. So. Well, who cares? Why would they? Same boat. Why they decided to pull a villain out of a crappy '90s comic? I don't know, but they did. Anyway, so they go to the to Man Thing's house, the nexus of all realities. In the Florida Everglades, which actually really makes sense. How? Because every, like, weird, like, really people do that news story of, like, dumb criminals and stuff. Like, most of them are from Florida.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say most of them try to make their escape through the Florida Everglades.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, so it makes sense that there'd be the man thing uh, covering this nexus of all realities. And maybe all these weird, dumb criminals in Florida from different dimensions.
0: Oh, that would make sense.
1: So this is a real-world explanation for the state of Florida.
0: <laughs> Poor Florida.
1: They are the armpit of America. What? Just kidding. I think one of my favorite things ever about Florida, though, was after the whole election debacle back in the day with the hanging chads. Letterman did a thing where he did a new map. And basically, someone took Florida and like ripped it off the U.S. <laughs> and like stuck it on top of Denmark. And that was my favorite thing about Florida ever. <laughs> anyway, so Mystique fights the man thing. Who cares? Um, our wolverines are caught in a room with uh, siphon.
0: Now, wait, I have a question on this. Okay. Is this the first time we're discovering that when siphon's pale, he's hungry?
1: No, we knew he was smart when he ate. But I did not notice a color change before. Uh,
0: Yeah, I never noticed it either. So when they were like, oh, he's pale, he's hungry. I was like, what?
1: Yeah, I don't know. If they did that, it was very subtle and... And non-existent. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so we have this funny like anti-reverse volunteer thing. So all our wolverines are standing in a straight line, as you do. Right. And uh, Siphon gets up and everyone takes a step backwards except for Sabretooth. He's and like,
0: don't let him get near you. Okay.
1: <laughs> and I'm- he looks around and "Where'd everybody go. Uh-oh. But then after Siphon attacks Sabretooth, X-23 has a change of heart. And she we actually have a pretty cool snick here. It's the I'm better than that Snicked. And she's not going to let uh, Siphon kill Sabretooth.
0: What's up with her eyes? Are they supposed to be glowy, or that's just how they... That's just
1: Wando style. Everyone's eyes glow. Oh, okay. So then Siphon starts stealing Sabertooth and X-23's energy. Uh Uh-oh. And then Dawkins like, that was dumb, but Shogun attacks. And by the way, Shogun is in complete control. Remember, because Sinister healed him, so he buried Ogun again. And death Deathstrike says, no... You can't take Shogun, and she attacks Siphon, and she gets drained. So now no one has a healing factor anymore. Brilliant. Yeah. And then we get uh, our courier on a swamp boat. That's a nice little sidebar. And then we have a uh, belly button energy taser.
0: I was like... So they
1: take this Chinese dildo we've had floating (laughs) around, and Portal rips open his shirt know he is a 90s villain so he has to rip open his shirt 90s and ha- and style he
0: has like 48 abs. yeah
1: yeah and he sticks the chinese dildo dragon dildo in his belly button and it shoots a taser over but the siphon not,
0: okay but wait i want to point something out here huh. in this panel that's not his belly button sure it is no
1: sure it is no sure it is it looks like
0: it's the it's this, a golden
1: umbilical cord.
0: This looks like his peck.
1: Those are his pecs. He has a very high belly button.
0: Abnormally <laughs> freakishly is not high. In the the top panel.
1: How do you know? Maybe he just didn't draw it. Quit raining on my uh, golden umbilical cord parade.
0: Your golden dildo. Yeah. Umbilical por cord yeah. parade.
1: Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, this thing back. takes energy and reconverts it. And wouldn't you know, healing power energy is the most potent of all energies. Hmm. <laughs> so, Portal takes all of this healing power that Siphon just... siphoned. Wow. He went um, there. He turns it into some other energy and makes it into a little cube and gives it to Mystique. Dum dum dum. I mean, dumb. So all our Wolverines are whining about how they can't heal anymore. And, oh, it hurts to be normal and feel pain. Oh. Which I don't like, A, because one of the cool things about Wolverine's healing factor is he always felt pain. It just yes. went away faster than normal people. Well. So these guys sound okay. like a bunch of babies.
0: Yeah, but X-23 does say, is this what it feels like not to be able to heal? When, when does, does pain, pain stop? stop? Yeah, I guess you so, can read it that way. I guess that was her way of saying, like, I- I'm kind of used to the pain being yeah. gone by now.
1: Yep. So Mystique walks through a magic poltergeist door. She's now
0: on the alien mothership.
1: Yeah, but the wolverines are going to stop her. They're going to use like,
0: Siphon no, as not. a bloodhound. They are.
1: But then for no reason, Death Strike cuts off Siphon's head. Yeah. Thus ruining their best plan of letting Siphon feed off of Mystique. Yeah. Just to prove we don't need our healing factors. Yeah. I'm going to cut off Siphon's head for no reason. Dumb. And he's pale, so he won't heal, as we learned this issue. Yes. So Mystique throws her cool little scroll, skull grenades and gasses everybody. So now I know runs what around. those are for. <laughs> They're just decoration. And then she runs around tricking everybody into stabbing each other. And then the actual probably coolest panel... So Strike and Shogun are like, Strike? Shogun, is that you? And we see where Mystique morphs so that the back side of her is the front side of Sh- Or one side of her is the front side of Shogun. Right. And the other side is the front side of Strike facing the correlating person saying, yes, it's me. So they're both like, oh, thank goodness. But then, of course, she, she cuts them down and gets blood all over her dress.
0: Okay, but they all lost their healing factor, right?
1: Yeah, so they're all dead, I'm assuming.
0: Okay, just it doesn't asking. matter
1: because we got secret wars coming. So then the courier shows up and delivers this wooden box.
0: It's like, I'm just gonna leave it right here.
1: Yeah, she doesn't want to go on the twilight zone door. Nope. And why would she, I mean she's pr- probably union, so she makes like good steady wage, but not enough to go trouncing through reality. Nope. Yeah. So um, anyway, Mystique gets a letter from uh, Destiny, her love. Love or
0: lover? Have we I figured don't know. this out yet?
1: You know, I don't remember because it says in the front of this issue in the little summary about her lover. So, I don't know. Maybe they had a thing going and I just forgot. I always thought she was more of a mother figure. But maybe they were lovers. Maybe it
0: was an Oedipus thing.
1: I don't know. I mean, Mystique can easily be bisexual. She can have any, any part she wants. So, anyway. So, this letter. Uh-oh. Destiny tricked Mystique.
0: Dun, dun, dun. She doesn't
1: want to come back. Nope. And if she feels bad, it see doesn't ya. matter because there's no guilt in the afterlife.
0: Nope. Best breakup ever.
1: Yeah. So she says, you need to bring Wolverine back because the end of the world is coming and he can prevent it. And then we see some weird shadow Wolverine where instead of claws, he has octopus tentacles. Yeah. He's about to turn into one no. of those wavy arm yes. guys. Yeah.
0: I was going to say, like, at the used car lot. Yeah. What is it? Family guy? Come down and... or Oh...
1: They have those in real life too.
0: I know, but uh, Family Guy has like a funny little skit where he's yeah. like, "We're we've got so many flailing
1: arm guys." Oh, yeah, right, right. And Mystique says, "No, forget it."
0: She crushes the. the if I can't crystal. have destiny,
1: I can't have anybody, and if that means the world's going to end, let it burn. And she looks and she defeated. Walks off. walks off, being not Mystique at all. This story doesn't sound anything like... All right, No. So here's here's real mystique for all you ex-fans out there. Let's hear it. Even if she really hated Wolverine that much to not want him back, which I don't think she would because they, they've been at odds, but there have been times where they've been okay with each other.
0: Right. Well, and didn't she try to buy something of Wolverine's?
1: I don't remember. In
0: an issue because she just didn't think anyone should have it.
1: Oh, she wanted the body. That was her, but I think that was just a power play. Yeah. Oh. But anyway, even if she's just being a brat, like she's been excessively bratty in this whole series, and she's like, "What? No destiny? Then no one." And she crosses her arms and pouts. Even if she felt that way and was willing to snub Wolverine's chance at a new life, just because she didn't get her way. Even if the Mystique I know would not let the world end. She would bring Wolverine back and try to manipulate him somehow so she could save herself.
0: Well, I was going to say... Unless we're
1: trying to say that she's so distraught and depressed over missing destiny and not getting her back that she just wants to die. In which case, that's not that clearly communicated in these pages.
0: No, but you're right. To me, Mystique would have been... She's the grand schemer. She is the grand schemer, but she's also... She doesn't want to die.
1: Right. Like, so if there was a way to save the world. The other thing I don't really like about this is because we got our typical ending that we've been getting in most Marvel books lately when the story wraps up and says, next, there is only Secret Wars, which is a pretty cool promo. But the only thing I don't like about this, and now granted, Possibility Destiny always sees possible futures. So it could be that she's wrong. True. But as much as I love Wolverine... And as much as he's my favorite character, basically what Destiny's saying is to prevent the end of the world is that him being alive could have somehow stopped the incursions that lead to secret wars. And I just don't think he could have. No. Marvel's best and brightest together couldn't. As much as I love Wolverine, I don't think just a gnarly guy with a healing factor could have beaten the Beyonders and saved the universes from colliding.
0: Well, he and doesn't I, have
1: that cosmic level of power.
0: No, and I just I don't like that idea. I, I don't, don't like either. the idea that only one person.
1: And It is weird to me too because this is Charles Soule, the guy who wrote a super cool death about Wolverine that was super low key, and like you know he died going out saving a handful of people and no one knew about it. Right, and like not this big moment, and then to say oh wait but we needed him to like be the savior the of the multiverse, yeah. right? I don't know. And just, this series is so in tone. It's such a departure from not only the death of Wolverine, but it none of this ever really felt like much of a Wolverine story to me. And Mystique says that. She says, it's not his story, it's mine. Eh. But, I mean, it has the name Wolverines on it and it just never felt like no. a Wolverine series at all. Even... About him or without him, whatever. It just I don't know. Um, we've had some really cool covers recently from and Joe. and he's he's had some good art before. And I like some of the color work, and there's some cool panels. But overall, I didn't really care for the art that much. What did you think? I, it no. Yeah. It was okay. had highlights. It was,
0: yeah, to me, I guess the art kind of has a middle of the road feel to it. Yeah. You got some high points, some low points. Overall, you're like, eh, it's okay.
1: What do you think of the story? Yeah, that was kind of dumb. I was really disappointed. I mean, we had most of the series to be let down, and so is it's not it, a super big deal. But yeah,
0: but is it bad that when you're like, oh, good, it's the last one. I'm glad
1: it's over, yeah.
0: Yeah, but then when you were reading it, you were like, yep, it was as stinky as I thought it was going to be.
1: <laughs> I feel so bad because I like Charles Soule so much. and even And so I'm not just hating on the guy. So the last page, you didn't get this on the iPad, but the last page, there's a full-page ad for the new Lando series coming out, written by Charles Soule, and I'm super excited about it.
0: Well, do you think it's because they gave him so many issues? And so...
1: Well, I think part of it, this story, like, let's talk about the series overall. Okay. I've never read a weekly that I enjoyed, ever.
0: It's hard to put out enough stuff... Well, yeah. to put out quality stuff, to, and well,
1: just to drag this story was not a twenty issue arc. No, and there was so much filler, and even kind of ended on filler. It felt like, like I don't know, yeah. I just yeah, and the weekly thing was too much. I I got kind of falsely excited because I liked Charles soul so much, and because Death of Wolverine was so good. Like I thought I was, as I went into this a little more optimistic, thinking maybe he could pull it off, and I just. The overall arc of the story he told, it just it didn't feel like it made much sense or it mattered that much. And the characters were inconsistently like themselves, if at all. And Mystique d- being the principal just didn't feel true.
0: I just feel like he had 20-something issues or 20 issues, <laughs> right? but he only had enough story for 10. Yeah. So he just and, sort of... I
1: think it could have been a better story tightened down. There were... All right, so in the series, there were... I'm trying to think of how we graded them, but I'm going to guess that there were five or six we gave pretty high marks.
0: Yeah, there were there were a few, especially when we went into the like in-depth pieces of story where we were learning about each character where we were intrigued and we were interested and we were like, okay, it's picking up. And then the next week it was like...
1: And then it was claw.
0: Yeah, and then it...
1: Not claw, Uh, thing. Right. Claw's a whole nother thing entirely. Yeah. Irely, entirely, entirely, For <laughs> all you <even> claw fans.
0: <laughs> but then you'd get like two or three stinkers and then you'd get a good one and then yeah. you'd get another stinker. Yep. So I just feel like it was completely inconsistent.
1: Yeah, I just I didn't really enjoy this much. Um right, what are you gonna grain Wolverine's number twenty? One. Hey, I'm going to go just a hair higher than you. I'm going to give it two out of six claws. Ooh. I'm not even really sure why, to be honest.
0: I'm giving it one because it, Mystique is not Mystique. I don't like the double cross at the end, and
1: it, it's just stupid. You know what? You talked me into it. <laughs> I'm going to go with you. One out of six claws. I think I was trying to give it two because I thought there was enough art that I liked, but no, I think one's more fitting. Yep. All right, Well, so that's that's Wolverine's. See you later.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, you're, we're the Wolverines. Yeah.
1: Well, so now, the last time you'll ever hear this song, probably. <gasps> oh, no. A one, a two, a one, two, three. Hey, hey, hey we're, we're the Wolverines. Wolverines. People, People say we snicked around, around but, but we're too busy hearing for anyone to keep us down.
0: Oh, yeah, we should have changed that.
1: That whole song's probably the best part of the whole series. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so now it's time for a little uh sh- Secret Wars. I've been talking about a few different books with a few different people continuing our Secret Wars correspondence. Yes. So we're going to hear from Jack with Years of Future Past, Dan with Extinction Agenda, and then our son Ethan's going to talk with us about Giant-Sized Little Marvel AVX
0: hope y'all enjoy that one.
1: Yeah, that'll be fun. It'll be cute. Just write the book. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, first off, we're going to go uh, going go to Jack with Years of Future Past.
0: Take it away, Jack.
3: Hello there, listeners of the podcast that goes snicked. I'm making my return, my second appearance. My name is Jack. I'm one of the hosts of the Intercomics podcast. You may remember me from the epic episode about Secret Wars that Jason, my co-host on the on my podcast, Dan, and I did not too long ago. But I'm here, I'm joining Jason this week, and I'm going to review Years of Future Past. And unfortunately, it's not a good review. Years of Future Past, number one, didn't really do it for me. I've seen a kind of mixed bag of reviews, to be honest, but I think I'm more on the sort of lower side of things I did briefly mention it on um, the podcast I did um, last week when this comic came out and uh, yeah I just feel like it's too derivative of its source material I like the idea of introducing Kitty Pride's daughter and stuff like that but it just didn't do enough interesting and original stuff um, for those of you who don't know it is still based in the Secret Wars battle world thing that's going on at Marvel right now that I'm actually really really enjoying for the most part but this one feels like a straight-up retelling of the 80s classic and not in a good way. They could have done something really interesting and really unique with this, but it feels like it's just kind of treading the same sort of ground as the original, and just because of that, I just was really underwhelmed, really. Mike Norton's art is good. That is definitely a positive side of things. I'm a big fan of Mike Norton, him doing the the kind of classic yellow and black suits and an old-school Wolverine and a Duffel Coat, and yeah, not, not a huge fan overall. So the creative team behind this book is Margaret Bennett as the writer, Mike Norton as the artist, FCO as the colorist, and Joe Caramagna as the letterer. For the most part, I like the artwork. It gives off that kind of vibe. Um, they're obviously going with the sort of classic 80s look that, you know, Days of Future Past gives off. But, unfortunately, it just doesn't tell and interesting. It basically is a total retreading of the original thing. Whereas I usually really like Bennett's characterisation, particularly of characters like Kitty Pride and things like that. I just didn't vibe with any of this really, and it didn't do much for me at all. I liked what this could build up to, introducing Catherine Pride, shall we call her? Catherine Pride's daughter, into the more, like, bigger wider Marvel universe, I guess. I like that Chrissy Pride kind of bonds with Wolverine because obviously Wolverine is kind of the uh, father figure, I guess, <laughs> to Kitty Pride in so many other comics, and he plays that role very much so uh, in a lot of the classic 80s stuff done by, by Claremont and the like. But that's about it of the characterization that I liked. Chrissy Pride's. Relationship with Wolverine and her kind of bond there. I'm a huge Colossus fan. If you've ever heard me on the Intercomics podcast, you would know Colossus is my favourite X-Men, favourite member of the X-Men, and one of my favourite Marvel characters, even if he is a real dick sometimes, like he is in uh, the original Secret Wars that we discussed before. Uh, Magneto, also love him, really interesting character, but even the action scenes didn't do much for me. Um, yeah not particularly interesting. Chrissy's mutant power, I'm still not quite sure what's going on there, or yeah, I don't know. It it didn't do much for me, and I've really been enjoying Secret Wars, but unfortunately I would not recommend Years of Future Past. I'm going to give it two claws out of six, unfortunately, but thank you Jason for having me on. If you want to complain to me and argue with me on twitter you can reach me at jlw chambers if you want to go and listen to the podcast i'm on like i said dan who reviewed um, extinction agenda on this podcast he's co host with me on the intercomics podcast you can go and search for us on itunes and stitcher and all that sort of stuff or you can tweet at us at intercomics pod on twitter as well and go and follow us on there so yeah thank you jason for having me on don't go and read Years of Future Past, number one. Go and read all the other Secret War stuff. Read the main Secret Wars stuff. The main Secret War series, the three issues that have been out so far, are brilliant, and I think you'll really like them. So, yeah, hopefully you guys will hear from me soon, and uh, maybe I'll make an appearance on the SNCC cast soon.
1: Okay, thank you, Jack.
0: Yes, thanks, Jack. That was awesome.
1: That was. So, um... What do you think? You agree, disagree? He kind of invited everyone to disagree with him. Um, Well,
0: it's funny because you and I went and had dinner. We kind of talked about it, lightly skimmed over it a little, came home, read it, thought, wow, it's actually not that bad. (laughs) And then I listened to Jack's review and I went, oh, yeah, (laughs) he kind of has a point. Yeah. Well, crap. (laughs)
1: No, I, 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 mostly agree with him. Um, I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute, uh, in more detail, but, um, what do you think of the art overall? Oh, what? let's talk about the covering. On the cover is by Art Adams, and we have, unbeknownst to us, either a young kitty. Right. Or Kitty's daughter, who wears the same costume later in the comic. I
0: yeah. thought it was Kitty, but after yeah. reading the comic, I'm pretty sure that's Kitty's daughter.
1: Okay, who's Chrissy Bride. And then behind her, we have an X, and then different scenes literally from the original Days of Future Past story. We have the quote-unquote current X-Men of that time, um, you know, the brown and yellow Wolverine, Storm, Angel in his red and whites, Nightcrawler and Colossus. Then we have the scene of Rachel sending Kate Pride back in time. Right. And we have Sentinels. And then we have that version of Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, which was Mystique, Destiny, Pyro, Blob, and um, uh, the Earthquake guy. Uh, shoot. Quake. <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, man. Um, anyway, but that guy. Seismo Man, <laughs> is not his name, but maybe should have Quake
0: been. is a better name.
1: Avalanche. Jeez, Jason, come on. Is that his name? Yeah. Oh. So I, I like the cover. I, I appreciated that um, Kenny's last Chrissy in not typical Art Adams fashion. Her boobs weren't too big.
0: No, I enjoyed that, even though <laughs> No, Mystique. he made up for it on
1: Mystique <laughs> and Storm. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, that was a pretty good cover. So what do you think of The Art Inside by Mike Norton? Now, you'll be happy to know, Denise, that one of Mike Norton's claims to fame is a comic he did called Battle Pug
0: battle pug
1: yes is it
0: seriously a pug
1: it's a it's a miniature like barbarian who rides on a pug sweet <laughs> like battle cat
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. that's
1: awesome. I think you might enjoy it. I, we all, well, we don't all know. I all know how much you love pugs. And I have now, like a pug and now we all know how much she loves pugs. I yeah. seriously have a pug fetish. So, but what did you think of, of his art overall in this book? Overall,
0: I actually enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, that was pretty good. I agree with, with Jack that it was not bad art. I also agree with Jack that the story was a little lackluster. This obviously seems to be taking place in the time of Days of Future Past. Past. but before we got to that story like i don't think kate has been sent back to the quote-unquote present yet hey because wolverine and storm are both still alive right and they both die in days of future past and the only thing i would say that that might be interesting to me is we have these two uh second generation mutants we have Wolver- uh, yet another son of wolverine named cameron yes who oddly enough name. who on what <laughs> a
0: wimpy name. Sorry, Cameron. <laughs> I mean wow for, a
1: stab at a our flashback co host.
0: No, I'm sorry. Yeah. For a boy's name, Cameron is a nice strong name. Yes. But for a mutant name, it's kind of a wimpy name.
1: I I'm gonna leave it as you were taking a stab at Cameron.
0: No. Um, I was I wasn't taking a stab at you Cameron. The hole
1: gets worse if you go the other way. Just dig the hole you dug with the stabbing and don't keep digging.
0: No, I mean, you have Logan. Like, Logan. Yeah, Didn't we Kenny. look up?
1: Okay, and Kenny.
0: Kenny's a girl's name. Yeah. But, I mean, you're talking seriously. about boys' names that are like Colossus. And <laughs> Not
1: his real name. His uh, real name is Peter. Well, yeah, but... All right, enough. I don't care.
0: Okay. <laughs> sorry, Cameron.
1: But anyway, uh, on ironically enough, his power is to tell... Uh, I'm sorry, is to phase. Hmm. But Chrissy Pride's power is not the phase. She gets a new power. And Jack kind of complained about it. And I will say to me, I agree, it is maybe one of the more derivative parts of the comic. It reminded me very distinctly of three different characters. It reminded me of Terminator 2. Yes. Because she basically turns into like liquid metal blade people. Right. Which also very much reminds me um, of Warblade from Wildcats, a 90s image book. I think he made a comeback in the New 52, but I'm not sure. Also, if you've ever read The House of M Fantastic Four, where Mr. Fantastic was his own love child of Mr. Fantastic and Dr. Doom. So he was stretchy, but he had silver blades and he stretched into. That's almost exactly what her powers are. And the art even looks kind of similar. I'm so, so Jack, if you right. ever read that, let me know. Tweet at me if you agree with that assessment or not. I think, I think you probably will. But anyway, yeah. So, the only thing I think might be interesting is that they use these kids, Chrissy and Cameron. And by the way, so they talk about um, Chrissy was the last mutant born before they sterilized everybody. Right. Yeah. So, if something bad happens to them, and I'm not saying they should just be offspring in a fridge to a, to coin to coin a term from a different kind of comic idea. But um, but if something were to happen to them that served that serves as the impetus for sending Cape Pride back to the present instead of oh we just finally got around to it like it kind of seems like in the original days of Future Past right like, oh yeah now's a good time to do this let's go
2: <laughs> yeah
0: so
1: if something in this story kind of leads up to that that might be kind of interesting but we don't have that yet. And so grading it just on this issue, I'm going to go just barely higher than Jack with three out of six quads, but I pretty much agree with Jack.
0: I agree with you. I agree. If this is the catalyst, I, I there were a few things that I thought were hokey, like she wears a collar, and the minute they get the collar off, she magically gets her powers. So
1: that's that's what it was. That's from the original story. They the uh, they were power inhibitor collars.
0: I guess and maybe this is the, maybe I skimmed too much over it. But did the dampener collar go on her at such a young age? She didn't know what her power was because when she got no, no, her no, powers, no, no, no. So she Chrissy, was like
1: Chrissy uh, wasn't sure if she had a mutant power. Or not.
0: But I, I'm assuming that they she got tested.
1: Well, probably, yes. So she had a latent gene. But remember, in X-Men War, a lot of times your powers don't first happen until adolescence and through some kind of traumatic or emotional experience when they first manifest. So this was the manifestation of her power. Okay. Well, anyway, when are you going to grade uh, Years of Future Past number one? Did you already say?
0: No, I'm going to give it three out of six.
1: <laughs> okay, so we both went just a hair higher, but I don't... I think I mean, to we're me, holding on to hope. What that and I don't, and Jack suggested you not read it. I would say it won't really hurt you to read it, but you won't miss anything if you don't. <laughs>
0: So, borrow someone's copy yeah
1: yeah that would be my philosophy i agree it was definitely lackluster and i think i think jack used the word underwhelming and i would definitely agree with all of that so anyway thank you very much uh jack we really Thanks, appreciate jack. it and uh next we have dan with extinction agenda number one so take it away dan take it away
4: hello snicked believers i hope that's what you're called if not i'm calling you that I am on Battleworld, and I'm here to report about Extinction Agenda, a book that wears its 90s pride on its front cover, essentially, and every other page. I am Dan, the child of the blob and Wolverine Cole, and I'm going to tell you why I actually quite enjoyed Extinction Agenda. A book written by Mark Guggenheim... My door seems to have just been opened by ghosts, but oh well. Um, So, yes, written by Mark Guggenheim. Art by Carmine D. dominico I can't say that name for the life of me. Uh, Colors by Nolan Woodard. Letters by VCs Corey Petit. And cover artist David Nakayama. Now, let's start with that cover. That cover screams to me, Hello, 90s, we are back in business. We have a very classic-looking Alex Summers, ...having a bit of a shout to the sky... ...fist in the air like he's ...like he just don't care... ...firing a massive cosmic blast... ...somewhere... ...I assume to a sentinel's face... ...he's holding a flag... ...with Aquaman's Trident logo on... ...and behind him is a very sinister... ...looking werewolf woman... ...or, shall I say, bone, ...and below them... ...are two dead bald mutants... ...or mutates... ...it's not really clear... ...they're bald and dead... ...and behind all of this is machine, robot, death machines, I assume. The best thing about the cover is that in the top left-hand corner is the good old issue number one, little box with all the faces of your favourite heroes, especially Wolverine's right there, even though he's in this time for about five seconds. But anyway, and it it gives you a stamp saying the action-packed first issue. It's not a lie, there is a lot of action here. All basically thanks to Jian and Domenico's art. I still can't say that. It's going to be horrible reviews doing this in the future. Um, his art is astounding. The inter- It's just interesting. It's not the best art I've ever seen, and it's quite busy in places, but I've enjoyed everything he's done, especially all-new X Factor, which he just, he just made the character sing, and he does the same here. There's a beautiful opening image on the third page of Chief Magistrate Anderson... Alex Summers and uh, Wolf Brain just stood atop a pile of rubble being attacked by mutates, and they're just posing like badasses, and Alex is firing his cosmic juice all over the place. I just think it looks astounding in places. It's just got some real, unique feel to it. The, the world that's been created has a distinct flavour of like a rundown Genosha, and I think the Secret Wars books really benefit from this very distinct looking each book isn't the same because it reflects battle world and you know we're going to be in battle world for a while so we might as well have some flavors rather than just vanilla and i'm glad that someone decided to make this book on the surface it's it's more about the visual style of it than the actual sort of story for me um there's a lot of stuff here that i just really enjoy visually Wolfsbane just looks amazing, she's really feral, and I quite like the way they've made a fairy that looks badass, essentially, and um, I think Havoc's got a really nice style, and the way he uses his powers in this book is just very chaotic, as his name, and there's just a lot of character to the, the pencils, and I think it's all helped with uh, Woodard's colours, so it's really pop, and... His use of lighting is just the best. He's got sunsets down and, like, the light that just comes off some of the crazy hologram panels and it just has a real vibrant flavour to it and the art will keep you reading, that's for sure. I'm not saying Guggenheim is bad, or it's bad than what Guggenheim's done. He's chosen a really eclectic group of characters from Wicked, a character that I've not seen since uh, Charles and Magneto had a little... uh, romance on genosha in a really bad excalibur volume and um karma's always a nice addition even though she speaks about five lines as per usual but i really like the fact that they focused on uh on havoc and all spain two characters who are interesting c-list x-men characters and the fact that marvel have allowed this book to come out in that sense is shows that they still have some confidence in x-men and the x x x brands and i think they're testing the market with this book to see if it sells well due to what it has on the cover. The overall plot and the idea that Genosha in this battle world is uh, quarantined because of a horrific virus and the people in charge of it on Extopia, which is obviously a utopia for all the beautiful mutants. you know, they can't help them because they don't want to risk infection. It's a very uh, first world meets third world Mm -hmm. idea and... I'm not going to say it's allegory for anything that's happening right now, but it does it feel relevant, and it feels very X-Men. It feels very... We're discussing themes, and we're, we're being X-Men. We're going to talk about the hard problems that people face, and I think that's a really good thing. If People who have lost that sort of sense of pride with the X-Men franchise recently, not not to Bendis' fault, just in general. I think some of these tiles are going to really resonate with the older X- X-Men fans, which is essentially what they're supposed to be doing. But anyway, back to the story at hand. We have Alex essentially tries to talk to Super God Doom to help for help and then goes to uh, Baron Grey, which is a fantastic Game of Thrones name, if I must say so. And no one will help him, so he decides to put matters into his own hands. Uh, the magistrates suggest, why don't we just nick the mutants we need that have healing powers? And so they launch a raid on Extopia in the middle of a baseball game. No one interrupts the x in baseball, that's all I'm going to say. And that's what kicks off the, sort of, that's the whole... Uh, First act turning point. This is the first act, essentially. And we've seen where this is going to go. There's going to be a massive kerfuffle while Alex and his crew try to basically kidnap... Uh, two mutants which according to the history of this world kidnapping mutants is a bad thing i think there's some unnecessary moments the tie-in to secret wars could have just been baron gray it didn't need to be dr doom i think that was a redundant piece of writing just to go oh by the way this is secret wars you could have been more subtle about it and i think the baron gray stuff would have been a lot more subtle the whole cameron hodge angle and the cliffhanger is just something i don't want i want this to be about Alex making a decision, which now puts him in odds with other people that he was friends, and he, as a character, has to deal with the consequences of his actions. not, they fight a little bit, then they find out there's another villain that's been resurrected with superpowers, and they all come together to fight him before the end of Genosha, blah blah blah, which it feels like it's going to happen, but I really don't want that to happen. The character work is really strong, and I think an odd pairing it is, I think Spain and Havoc could be a great romantic couple, One scene in particular was a problem for me, and it was the ghost Cyclops moment. We know that this is something that Alex shouldn't do, and it should have been left a little bit more ambiguous with the idea that is this the right course of action, or is this a problem? Having ghost Cyclops essentially go, no, brother, don't do it, you know what happened last time, people died, It's kind of like well, no shit, Sherlock, we do know that it's going to happen. You don't have to tell us, Guggenheim. And I think that's just the only major problems with it. And it kind of slips up the whole thing down a bit too much. On the whole, though, I think it's a really strong first issue, and it's probably it's much better than years of future boredom and X-Men 92, the year it all went wrong. And I stress that Extinction Agenda is a nice s- sort of under the radar book that you should all go out and enjoy so on that note i will give it four out of six claws not quite five because there was quite a few problems here and there um that just niggled at me but it is good enough for a full-on read through so that's it for, for me today i suppose uh, i'll meet you back in battle world next time this book comes out because i'll be reviewing it for the snick cast for the foreseeable future you can get a hold of me on Twitter at gizmo151183 to tell me I'm wrong about everything I've just said, or that I'm right. It all depends how you feel. You can follow my podcast that I'm on, and uh, Jason has been on, which is at In the Comics Pod. I am clearly not a very good um, promoter of my own shit, so just go on Google and search In the Comics Podcast, and you'll find everything there. All right, then, until next time, have fun on Genosha, kids.
1: All right, Dan, thank you very much. That was super. It was like silky jazz in my ears.
0: Do I need to give you two a room?
1: <laughs> Probably.
0: And some space.
1: Yeah, so we can spoon.
0: And some soft those, lighting. Those inner comics <laughs> guys love
1: to spoon. Spoon! Like from the tick. That's, that's my other favorite spoon.
0: <laughs> oh, I like my Robin Hood spoon.
1: Yes, that one too.
0: At least they don't want to spork with you. <laughs>
1: That sounds interesting. What do you say, Dan? (laughs) Want a spork? (laughs) I'm not even entirely sure what that means, but I'm sure it's on Urban Dictionary somewhere.
0: (laughs) I could um, draw weird visuals.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Spork to it. (laughs) All right. Anyway, as far as Extinction Agenda number one goes, me and Dan are pretty much on the same page. Pretty much had the same pluses and minuses, kind of liked and didn't like. A lot of the same stuff. I did want to point out, being an old X-Men fan, um, this cover, which I, like Dan, also enjoyed a lot, um, was an homage to Jim Lee's cover to uh, Uncanny X-Men 270 which was part one of the original Extinction Agenda back then. There's a lot of similarities. It's basically an updated version. Yeah, the old cover is pretty cool, too. So I just want to kind of throw that out there. But yeah, I, I agree. I thought the art was pretty strong. What do you think about the art? I thought it was... It's interesting, right?
0: Yeah. It, well, and it's funny because I was going to say, I kind of thought it was middle of the road with really great panels. Is it a better description to it mm-hmm. there are certain things i liked like when mystique is morphing yeah. and her face is kind of bubbly and it very much reminds me of the movies like when her little scales
1: right shift around yeah, yeah.
0: and so it just reminds me and she kind of bubbles or whatever and i thought that was a great way of showing it because i will admit when it comes to mystique i always find other artists interpretation of her shifting interesting like how do right. they take did, on the yeah. challenge right and i have to say that bubbly effect is probably one of my favorites
1: it was pretty cool and i liked uh i like the new character designs the only thing i kind of disagree with dan and dan don't hate me but um i didn't think the doom appearance was too superfluous i kind of looked at it as like now you're dan you're probably right there probably was something like It probably was a little bit of a, hey, remember, we're in secret wars. Don't forget. But I also kind of felt like it fit with the story because I kind of looked at it as, like, the Supreme Court. Like, you know, because they had talked about the, the Havoc or Alex whatever he is in this story, had gone to Baron Gray before, but with no success. She wouldn't break the quarantine. So now he was kind of going above her head or maybe like kind of like in, in, in America. And I'm assuming Britain is pretty similar. I don't know the exact judicial system over there. But, um, you know, if you go to like a circuit court or whatever. Right. And you don't win, you can appeal up. Right. To like into eventually to the Supreme Court. So I kind of saw that as what this was, that he went to his Baron and it got nowhere. So he was trying to appeal up to doom. So I actually thought it kind of made sense and was a little bit interesting to me. And yeah, it probably was a, hey, you know, like I said, a an obligatory kind of tie in. But I also thought it was, it made sense to me from the story. And I like the story. Actually, I won't. I won't lie, kind of liked it more after hearing Dan talk about it. Um, <laughs> you I, just
0: got seduced by his voice.
1: Well, and no, and because I'm, I am I had the same worries with Dan about where the story's going to go. I didn't like Hodge showing back up at the end, and I do have a bad feeling that it's going to be Havoc, you know, and for lack of a better term at this point, Wolverine's team fighting and then joining together, and that's a lot less interesting to me some of the ideas that dan proposed and i kind of wish if dan was writing this with uh carmine's art that'd be really really cool (laughs) (laughs) that's not a slight on Guggenheim. i just i feel like sometimes like he's a good writer and i agree with dan he picked interesting characters and did good characters character characterization i cannot say that word that's like dan trying to say the artist's Which, I'm going to give it a shot. I always say it, Carmine De Jean Domenico. Okay. So, anyway, I don't know if that's right or not. I
0: did notice And Dan said, is
1: not a contest.
0: <laughs> but that's say, my stab. He V.C.'s Corey Petit. Yeah! So now I'm kind I of see wondering a if it's European going
1: We say it Texan. That's why we say Petit, because we're from Texas.
0: Yeah, but when you say V.C.'s and probably, Corey and Petit's Petit... Petit's probably right. Oh well, and then he doesn't get a woohoo anymore. No,
1: uh, but maybe he's very small in stature.
0: <laughs> he's got the Napoleon complex. <laughs> he's petite. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably no taller than me. <laughs> yeah,
1: but um, but anyway, uh, back to G- Guggenheim. I think he's a fine writer. I just I've never found him to be exceptionally surprising, and so I I do have a bad feeling he's probably going to tread the more predictable plot that, that me and Dan would both rather not see in this story but um but anyway we don't have to worry about that and this issue because it's not there yet and i thought this issue was a fine solid start to this series like uh dan kind of joked about the comic wearing his 90s on the cover and, it, and in its pages um we were on the same page uh i kind of was going to say that it wore the 90s on the sleeve of his leather jacket <laughs> kind of the same joke so damn we're, we're right there together but anyway, I uh, are you going to grade Extinction Agenda number one?
0: I will also give it four out of six.
1: Wow. We're going to go three for three with four out of six claws. So that's. Whoa. Yeah. So that is Extinction Agenda number one. Okay. So next on our Secret Wars docket, we have giant size Little Marvel Avengers vs X-Men.
0: Sweet.
1: Number one.
0: Oh, and we have a special yeah. co-co-host.
1: Yeah, an in-studio guest. We've had our Secret Wars correspondence, and now we have a, an in-the-studio, on-the-couch guest, and that is Ethan Venable. And that's how you say hi in his native language. Yes,
2: yes my very weird language. I have created a language with my dog.
1: With your dog, Max. And he may have the same last name, but he is not related to us in any shape, oh. form, or fashion.
2: Oh. <laughs> he's related to me.
0: Oh. No, he I'm is. pretty sure there's a piece of paper that oh. says he's related to you, too.
1: Yes, he is our oh. son.
2: Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. But
1: anyway, I wanted him to come on and talk about a uh, giant size, Little Marvel AVX. Number one, Words and Art by the impeccable Scotty Young. Colors by... Jean Francois Bolo, maybe. Letters by Jeff Eckleberry, um, an Eckleberry smoothie. And uh, the cover is by Scotty Young. And this cover looks a lot like your typical hero versus hero battle, but it's all cutesy. And we have AVX, so my favorite part of the cover. And then we have Wolverine on both sides, because if you remember from the real. Avengers versus X Men. There was a big hoomanbaloo over what side he was gonna be on because he was an Avenger and an X Man, and so they kind of poke fun at that here and have him on both sides. And the Avengers wolf, little Wolverine is like, ah, and, and the, he has uh, sharp
2: the, teeth.
0: Yeah,
1: he has, he has his little incisors. And then the X Men Wolverine is like, huh?
2: <laughs> like yeah, he's got I he's got, that. he's got like his putting up the lip. He's doing the side lip.
1: Yeah, he's very confused. So what do you think of our little versions of our little heroes?
2: I thought they were cute.
1: Yeah, I did too. I really like Hawkeye's suction cup bow and arrow.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I also, Ethan pointed it out a little bit later in the comic when he and I were reading it. The lowercase a on uh, Captain America.
1: Yes. Instead of the capital A on his forehead, he has a lowercase a. I love that. Because it
2: makes sense because a capital A is kind of like the dad. So yeah. this is the younger version of it, so you right. have to lowercase it. Yeah. And so does Daredevil. He has the Yes, in the d's. book we'll
1: see Daredevil has two lowercase d's. I really love the way Beast looks. He's maybe my favorite design.
2: He looks like a giant dog.
1: He looks very fluffy and cute.
2: <laughs> he's he's cute so cute. fluffy! He's so fluffy!
1: I like how Thorne still looks like just, ah, he's still full of testosterone even yeah. as a tyke.
0: <laughs> I, I think my favorite's magic I love how she, she just She like an evil little girl, girl, girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And she has no eyes She's, okay. she's eyes. magic yeah. well, Like Hugh Oh Brian.
1: she's magic You know I also love Hulk
2: Kind of like Hugh Kind of like who? Hugh Brian.
1: I don't know who that is
2: It's something from Minecraft oh. It's a glitch
1: I don't speak Minecraft
2: You do not speak Minecraft Because you have never heard of it
1: I've heard of it. I've never played it. So we start off with a little song. What did you think of the song?
2: I thought it was weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't understand it. It looks like such a happy world. And then it says at the end, it's quirky, it's silly, it's a bit insane. And Doc Ock might try to eat your brain. Right,
1: okay. So, Ethan, Secret Wars is all of these different dimensions put together into one planet called Battleworld. And that's our... Uh, our little earth we have with all these weird lands.
0: It looks like a ball with
1: that lint on it. Yes, it does. <laughs> or a leftover Fruit Loops. <laughs> no, no, Fruity Pebbles, sorry. It was like the ball that rolled under your, the seat in the back of your car and got wrapped up in old Fruity Pebbles. Gross. And you found it cleaning it out like two months later. So we get a little cutesy version of some of the different worlds. One of the ones we haven't seen yet that I'm looking forward to is Age of Apocalypse. And of course, we have Spider Verse and then Marvel Zombies. That's the one that Ethan talked about where Doc Ock eats your brain. But then we go to a special place That's,
0: Marvelville.
1: Yeah, Marvel instead of Marvel. And what? like it says in the land of metal face. <laughs> and there's oh, a, yeah, a because statue Ultron. of Dr. Doom. No, oh. all right. so in Battle World, Dr. Doom is quote unquote God. he's the one that created the battle world he made it and put all these things together so they all worship him
2: why would you worship just a guy with a metal face (laughs) that's a good question
1: because he has superpowers oh i didn't notice this so i'm guessing that that's captain america's house he has a little a A frame, and his roof is a red and white stripes yeah. Like the flag. I, I also
0: like how the window has an A and then in the X Men it has <laughs> an X. <laughs>
1: yes. So on Avenger Street and X Men Way, where these these the guys street. meet. And so our what's our first fight about, Ethan?
2: About Magic's dog getting destroyed. K yes, a-, a-, a
1: pony. Pony little pony action figures. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Iron Man so Iron Man, little Iron Man melts her My Little Pony. And then he calls it a doll, and she's like, It's not a doll, it's an action figure. You like her evil grin at the bottom of that page? Yeah,
2: I thought that was very detailed. Yes, with all those teeth. I mean, how can you? She has shark
1: teeth, teeth? yeah. Of course, then we get a nice double page spread. Magic has conjured all these demons and monsters from limbo.
0: It actually looks like something out of Beetlejuice.
1: Yes, it kind of does. And, and so he, it's eating the little Avengers and uh, little Wolverine's laughing. I like how little Iceman has a bucket of popcorn.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Wait, where is? It? Oh, he he made it a little bridge so he could yeah. like, front row seats. Yeah. <laughs> and I forgot who the, his name is. Who? Hawkeye.
1: Hawkeye. Hawkeye
2: yeah. is still shooting his plumber plumbing.
1: Yes, yeah, his suction cup arrow. So they fight some more. They argue. They talk about pizza night. <laughs> and then uh, Magic's mom calls her home. Dinner. Yeah. Dinner, so honey. she fist bumps her monsters and sends them back to Limbo.
0: I love that. She's like, yeah. see ya.
1: <laughs> Tom Belasco, I said, what's up?
2: What's up, man?
1: <laughs> then we see her house is on fire. And he... The roof. Someone the says roof. The, the roof is on fire. fire.
2: Hawkeye says that's hot. Yeah. And he... At first, I almost thought it was um, magic. It was uh, maybe she overcooked the pizza? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And then Black Widow's like, "Excuse me," and he said, "Her house." So then we go to the next day, and who do we have walking down the street? You know, do you remember who these are? Um, I'm pretty
2: sure Blob.
1: The Blob and the Lob. little guy with the crazy tongue is Toad. And these are evil mutants. But, of course, they're just kids. But I love the designs on these. The Blob looks great. I love how the toad has hair all the way over his eyes.
0: Yeah, I love that.
1: So, anyway, they're looking for a snack. And who has ice cream?
2: Ice Man.
0: Well, Makes duh. Sense. <laughs> yeah.
1: Makes sense. But they don't want ice cream. What do they want?
2: They want hot dog. And, well, Blob wants a hot
1: dog. Yeah, and what's a hot dog? It's the... American food, hot American dogs, food. baseball, and apple pie. And so who's selling hot dogs?
2: Captain America. I thought Iceman was pretty funny when he tries to make one. He just made yes. an ice hot dog.
1: Yeah, you could call that a chili dog.
2: Yeah. Oh! Ba-dum-tsh.
1: Punny yes. joke, punny joke. <laughs> yes, a punny joke. But of course, Captain America is selling hot dogs. But Toad wants pizza. pizza. And Barb Burgers. Bob, Blob wants burgers, I... Got that confused of Bob's Burgers for a second there. No, it, so who's he cooking says he out?
2: A pizza hot dog.
1: Oh yes, hot a pizza, pizza dog. But uh, Bob wants burgers, so who's who's cooking out? Who has the barbecue?
2: Wolverine. It makes sense because you need a spatula right. to pick it up. Yes. Well, Wolverine has his claws are basically a spatula.
1: Yes. Yeah, so his Wolverine is snicking the hamburger <laughs> patties, and he's got a little chef's hat. Then Toad changes his mind like a fickle little kid, and he wants ribs. And who has ribs? Um... <laughs> Thor has monster ribs.
2: From Asgard. From
1: Asgard. <laughs>
2: yes. It's like... Come feast, brothers!
1: So now the X Men and Avengers are competing to feed Toad and the Blob. And so, what do the X Men come up with next?
2: They come. Well, he says, hmm, I'm kind of in the mood for, before you can say anything. Gumbo!
1: Yeah, so Gambit, Arcadian X-Men, is cooking up some gumbo.
2: And he's using. That's his... weird gumbo. I know. <laughs> he's it's, using his staff.
0: He you has know,
1: some of the right ingredients. And yes, he is using his bow staff to stir he's it.
2: He's got a
0: jalapeno pepper. <laughs> you will put what? jalapeno in gumbo.
1: Do in Texas.
0: But it's not gumbo. Anyway,
1: <laughs> But anyway, it's his, it's his own grand's secret recipe. Is that what we all say, New Nolan's? Your yeah, grand? Yeah, and grand. All right. So, Blob and the Toad come running just like I do when you make gumbo.
2: <laughs> but
1: Iron Man pulls out the super uh, food truck.
2: Wherever he sells everything. Yes.
1: So, and then everybody lines up. I love Baby Deadpool. Yes. Uh,
2: yeah, he's so cute. I'll take the burrito, please. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, though it
1: should, technically, it should have been a chimichanga. But, um,
2: and Doc a, Ock. Doc Ock looks yeah. so cute. His glasses are so huge on him.
1: They are. And he wants calamari, get it? <laughs> uh, and of course Spider-Man going old school to back to his original stories wants Aunt May's wheat cakes.
2: <laughs> wheat cakes.
1: Um, I also like Dr. Strange's crazy kid hair. He says... And Ghost Rider.
2: Hey, Spider-Man says wheat cakes for me, Tin Man. Yep,
1: he does. And so Cyclops tells Storm to make it rain.
2: Make it rain!
1: And she does. We get a cool, like, cartoon thundercloud just over the food truck.
0: And I love Deadpool and <laughs> Spider-Man's interchange for yes. this.
1: Yeah. You want to read Deadpool's line or Spider-Man's line, Ethan? Um,
2: Deadpool's Okay. Did they just pull off a make-it-rain joke?
1: I think so, and I don't like it. I thought you and I were the funny ones, <laughs> says Spider-Man. And, of course, this is where we get our baby Daredevil, um, and we have a little baby Howard the Duck. And little baby woot Cage who looks like the kid from Boondocks. And who's the green guy? <laughs> that um, is Vision uh, from the vi- Avengers no. movie. Yeah. Vision? Okay. The green guy with the red stripes on his head? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He has a yellow cape. And Beast, baby Beast, looking super cute. It's cooking up as much food as it can, but it's all gone. And <laughs> I love Rune. <laughs> we have Rogue and a little hoodie, and she cannot take her eyes off of her iPhone. No. And even when she does stuff, she's still looking at the iPhone.
2: Like, she, she's looking at her iPhone and pointing, and she doesn't yeah. even know where she's pointing. Yeah.
1: So, who ate all the X Men's food? <laughs> oh,
2: okay, the see. Hulk, and <laughs> he looks like. The Hulk. He's got chubby cheeks.
1: Yes, he does. He's, he's scarfing that it. food.
2: He's got a Scooby Doo sandwich.
1: <laughs> so then, Cyclops and the X Men get mad. They say, You're taking it too far. And guess what Rogue's doing?
0: Still on her phone. I love this interchange. I do too. And I forgot who his name is.
1: Alright, so Cyclops and Magneto So Cyclops says
0: Cyclops says They've taken it too far It's an eye for an eye
1: I don't get it
0: My name is Cyclops
1: I get that It's a pun I get that
2: Whatever, just do your thing <laughs> <laughs> And I forgot who his name is
1: Oh, Modok
2: Modok looks so cute
1: Yes, he's, he does
2: He still has his giant head and weird teeth He pretty
1: much looks like he normally does he's a giant head with little baby arms and baby hands
2: no but animal. look look at his leg
1: he always has baby legs like that
2: no but his arms are bigger than his legs
1: <laughs> so then we get a nice uh, spider spider reference
2: so i sorry i hate to
0: interrupt on this one but when we get to this part so before we got here ethan goes we were reading it together and he says you know what mommy i don't i don't like the way this is drawn I don't like how Stark has a mustache. And I said, yeah, Mommy's got issues with that, too. (laughs) Then we read this page, and I thought, this is awesome. (laughs) I think we need to, like...
1: Yes. A dramatic reading. Ethan, you be baby Iron Man. And Mommy, you be uh, baby Spider Gwen.
2: Okay. Hey, I haven't seen you around here before. I'm new. How would you like to be my date to the movies tonight? I would not like that at all. Why not? No. Because you're a kid, and you have a mustache
0: and a goatee like a creep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and scene.
0: <laughs> because
2: he's a kid. He's a kid. He's a kid.
1: Yes. Yeah. So Baby Magneto destroys the food truck, and so now Iron Man's in his Avengers boxers.
2: Well, he takes apart his suit, too, but it, yeah. Iron Man still has his arms on, and he's still holding his helmet down. Yes, and he has but one boot. He's got one boot in his his underwear part. The I do like boxes. the exchange
0: between uh, Thor and Iron Man. After Iron Man gets all of so his So the X-Men
1: are all hard. laughing and pointing. Wolverine's even rolling around on the ground. Of course, Rogue is not laughing. She's playing on her phone.
0: <laughs> apparently, her parents do not believe in the two-hour electronic rule.
1: No, apparently not. They just send her outside with the phone and turn her loose. Yep. Come back someday in your life. But anyway, Iron Man tells Thor it's hammer time.
0: Yeah. and Thor's his
1: word oh Iceman's little hand broke off (laughs) oops I love this bottom panel and that was my header on Twitter for a while and probably will be again but it's it's literally the Avengers versus the X-Men they're all pointing at each other and yelling cartoon cuss words (laughs) they have like a little bomb Mm. and a skull and crossbones and the little squiggly mark lightning bolt three
2: stars
1: So Wolverine's got his super growl, his kid growl, and Hawkeye has his suction cup arrows ready. (laughs) He does not realize
2: it does absolutely nothing. Yes.
1: Then we get a great two-page panel, two-page spread of them all fighting each other. And Scarlet Witch is throwing Rogue in the air, and she cannot unglue her eyes from her phone. Wait,
2: what? Oh,
0: yes. (laughs) Now, I find this interesting. Okay. Because Scarlet Witch is in here. Yes, she is hmm
1: She was in the beginning too. Yeah. I don't think the the end is what you think it is. Uh, but okay. we'll see. My favorite part is Iceman's devil grin as he's uh freezing the Hulk. <laughs> and the
2: Hulk's like, "Right me burger."
1: Right. And then Wolverine piggybacking on uh, Iron Man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's still naked. Well he's not
1: naked.
2: And he's putting I'm sorry, one. He's still in his Avengers boxers. Yes. He he's he's putting one foot uh, in the position a donkey would start ri- r- running, <laughs> right running. And he's got his jets up, so he's kind of like a flying donkey.
1: Right. So we get some different baby time uh, that we haven't seen as much of yet. I love baby Archangel and baby Falcon. Now that was great. <laughs> I, love, I love how Namor says he's he's talking to baby uh, Captain Marvel, Carol. And uh, Cable and Bishop are there, and they're shooting their guns, and Neymar's like, ah, i change them out with light rays. <laughs> they basically just have them glorified laser pointers. But Cable's like, I'm from the future! And Bishop's <laughs> like, me too. <laughs> so and it's said they're
2: still fighting because it's one hour later.
1: Yes, hours later, it says. Oh, and, wow. And Captain's tight psych are rolling around in the ground. They almost get run over by a moving truck. Mu-Hall. hall or M-U for Marvel Marvel Universe. I don't yeah, think it's I a math joke. I thought this
2: was cool. I thought it was cool since Cyclops' laser thing was still lighting up. Yeah. Like an extra light for him. Yeah, Cyclops
1: makes another joke. Ethan, you want to be Cyclops or Captain America? Which that one? I
2: want to be
1: Cyclops. Okay. That was close.
2: Yeah, they just missed us by an eye. What? My name is Cyclops. I get that it's a pun i get that one day you'll appreciate my quick wit and clever puns
1: one day you'll appreciate that you're the worst i love that yeah so wolverine obviously we know we never got a a, a tiny snick. nope i'm a little disappointed in that though we do get him calling everybody bubs
2: yeah Bub. yeah He's still saying bub. And I like how Iron Man's still trying to put his suit back
1: on. Yes, early. he is. So we have new neighbors and his two emo twins.
0: I, I love Cyclops and Captain America. They're like twins. Twins are super cool. We could use a set of twins. Dibs.
2: Jinx.
1: Of course, they don't subscribe to my theory that twins are creepy. <laughs> Especially these evil-looking twins.
2: They are kind of they creepy. They yeah. got their eyelids down.
1: So even out of theory... And it would kind of make sense, because these characters also both belong to both teams, Then it would be Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. But they don't really look right, and we already saw Scarlet Witch. So yeah. I think maybe it's going to be a joke on Wonder Twins, or I don't know, we'll see where issue two goes, but that's kind of our cliffhanger, quote-unquote, is these little new twins in the neighborhood.
0: So Ethan, what did you think of the book?
1: What do you I think of the art? Good. I thought the art was good, too. It was great. I love Scotty Young's Little Marvel. He, of course, he's been doing these variant covers forever, but to actually see a whole book of it was really fantastic and a lot of fun.
0: Well, and I love like the kids' sense of humor. Yes. Because they acted like kids. Like, yes, they still they did. Had their own character. Right. Personalities, but on the kid level, and right. that cracked
2: me up.
1: Yes, it was very funny. So, what do you think of the, the stories and the jokes?
2: I thought they were good
1: and funny. Yes, I did no, too. Wait. Baby funny with punny. With punny, yes. Lots of puns. Yes. it should be a baby punisher next time. Oh! <laughs> you can have a little cute skull on his chest. That'd be great. You have a water gun. <laughs> <laughs> are you listening, Scotty Young? Hook me up, man. Come on. Give me some baby punisher. But yes, I love this. So, Ethan, as our guest, you can grade first. What are you going to give... Giant size, Little Marvel, AVX, number one. Six out of six claws. Six out of six claws. All right, Denise, what are you going to give it?
0: Six out of six.
1: You know what? It was too much fun. I'm not going to be the detractor or the Debbie Downer. I'm going to also give it six out of six claws. Wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. wait. The Debbie Downer, meaning you were actually thinking of giving it a lower score than six out of six? I
1: I flipped between five and six, but I'm going to go six.
0: Okay, good. Because seriously, it was hilarious. No,
1: it was great. I loved it. And can't wait to read the next one. It was super cute. The
0: next and one is Hardball.
1: Yes, yeah, so in the back, of course, we have our preview. And our next issue is Hardball. And it was like uh, Cyclops is losing dodgeball.
2: Awesome. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of
1: dodgeballs I everywhere,
2: and he's getting hit. In <laughs> and his face. optic
1: blast is like, whoop. <laughs> it's like, I'm
2: going to shoot it.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Ethan, for helping out with this one.
2: Yeah, um, thanks,
1: E. That's going to do it. That concludes our Secret Wars coverage for the episode. So, um, yeah, moving on.
2: Moving on. Moving
1: on. Okay, now it's time for our Wolverine Roundup. yee And, of course, X-23 is an all-new X-Men number 41. This is written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Mahmoud Azrar. Colors by Marte Gracia. Letters by V.C.'s Corey Pennant. woo And Azrar and Gracia do the cover. And I know you don't like Jean, but you have to admit this is a freaking awesome cover. Seriously?
0: No, it is cool. It looks great. It is great. It's, it's a close-up
1: of Jean's face, and she has, like, her mental power in her hair, which is kind of weird, but it's a cool touch. And then we have the phoenix fire in her eyes. And it just, man, it's a good-looking cover.
0: Okay, it is a nice cover, but I don't like Jean.
1: <laughs> blah blah blah.
0: She's a mean girl.
1: She is. Hey, anyway, so we start off, and our young X Men are still laying in the grass, looking at the clouds. This is the I see post. Magneto. I see a Sentinel. Oh, you're such a pessimist. And I see a Helen carrier. Oh, that's not a cloud. <laughs> There's actually a helicarrier there. And then Magic shows up with her magic sword to protect her students. And then Maria Hill flies down in her magic rocket boots. Whee! Yeah, and she puts her hands in the air. I surrender! With her white gloves instead of a white flag. So she's not here to fight, but there's been a mutant incident, and we don't need any more of those. Will you help us, please?
0: Yeah, we sent some men down, and they got massacred, so we want you to go in there and get massacred and find out why they got massacred.
1: And, of course, they have to give a history lesson of what Utopia is. Uh, So, Utopia was an island off the coast of San Francisco. It was a mutant paradise for a while. It was destroyed during AVX, which is why they make the comment. Some people say the Avengers destroyed it. Some people say the X-Men destroyed it because they were all fighting. (laughs) Right. So, whatever.
0: They weren't playing well with others. Yeah.
1: So, then X-23 and Angel fly back over. And then Iceman's like, it's a trap! (laughs) Um, And Maria Hill's like, no, if it was a trap, I would have locked you all inside your secret base. And they're like, oh, by the way, how did you find our secret base? We can block your satellites. And she's like, yep, I just went for a place where the satellites were blocked.
0: That's just stupid.
1: (laughs) So Magic teleports them away. We go to Utopia. We see our kind of reject X-Men. They just want to be left alone. And they fight, of course, because they have to fight. (laughs) No one can just ever talk.
0: No. Talking? Yeah. What what good is that?
1: So did you enjoy uh, Cyclops optic blasting gene upside the head? I
0: actually kinda did. So because I, uh, I was doing the guided view. Yeah. So
1: That's a cool panel by itself.
0: Yeah, I was I read the panel before that and then I flipped it and I went, whoa! <laughs> and I flipped back. Nope, didn't miss anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh Karma is uh puppeteering the young X Men including making X-23 go berserk. Man, she looks mad. She looks pissed. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed the art on these middle two pages here. It looks really good.
0: I like X-23's hair.
1: Yeah, yeah. Ezra does a great job with it. Yeah. So then uh, X-23 attacks Iceman in another great sequence where she chops off his ice shield and just goes crazy. And then Jean telekinetically finger guns uh, Karma... And they, they, they psychically square off with their pink eyes. Don't you have to go to the doctor for that?
0: Yes. And okay. there, I think there's antibiotics. Yeah. And maybe some drops. Right.
1: And then uh, Gene's butt. I mean, uh, Gene <laughs> puts everyone in a bubble. And uh, X-23 wakes up. It's like, oh, man, what'd I do? And then we get some boom, boom bombs. But the X-Men escape. And then Gene Gray goes inside Karma's mind. And they just talk.
0: They have some pillow talk.
1: Yeah. We see... Oh, actually, Karma is uh, gay, so... But then we see a thing of Karma's past. We get another cool little Azrar flashback where he does, like, the half body, and then we have, like, the little circular art of the, yeah. the different scenes. And, of course, one of those has a, a Wolverine head from um, back on... um, What was that? Astonishing X-Men, that team... When Karma was on that team with Wolverine and Iceman and them. I really like the black and purple coloring. Yeah, it's really I do cool. too.
0: So what is it kind of... I, I've never read these comics. So not knowing them, I knew nothing about okay, them. Okay, so
1: Karma's from Vietnam. Okay. Her dad was a baddie. He was a bad soldier. So that was her family. Then she was a new mutant. One of the original new mutants. So that's her with there. And then I don't know what the monster thingy is. And I think there was a story where she got really fat. I think that's what that is, but I don't remember for sure. And then uh, her, she trained with Emma. She taught at the school. She was on some different X-Men teams. And then that, the bottom ones, her leaving the school and then showing up at Utopia. Okay. So then uh, Jean decides, here's the plan. Y'all got away. We'll go tell S.H.I.E.L.D. to leave you alone because y'all deserve to be left alone. And uh, give us the S.H.I.E.L.D. ages back and we'll be good.
0: So is this supposed to be Agent Coulson?
1: No, it's Maria Hill.
0: No, the this little guy here in the corner.
1: Oh no, I think that's just one of her aides. Oh. And he's like, you know, they were lying, and she's like, not about the last part where they talked about how it's a never ending cycle of mutant oppression.
0: <sighs>
1: no, it, that's good stuff. That's the X Men no, in is, a nutshell.
0: It is good stuff. So, but no, I it just felt wish that a little shallow this issue. Yeah.
1: But we'll get to that when we talk about the whole issue. So they take our uh, Utopians back to the secret base in Canada. Because remember, all the other new students from Uncanny left. They got shipped off to the Jean Grey School, and then Havoc and Cyclops, or Cyclops ran off with Havoc, and who knows where Emma is. And then Kitty went to space. So it's just magic and the all-new X-Men right now. So they, they grab these Utopians, and they're going to make something better. But then, so this is our last issue, FYI. Oh. And then everything gets concluded in Uncanny X-Men 600, which has massive delays and is not coming out for a long time.
0: What, what, why is there massive delays? It
1: was supposed to come out like next week or something, uh-huh. but now it's not coming out till after the summer.
0: Why? I don't know.
1: I guess they're going to get the art done. Uh, and some Secret Wars conflicts, I think.
0: Oh, like they can't reveal certain things till. No, no.
1: Oh, well, maybe actually that would be kind of cool. If if there's a story reason, I'm on board. Right now, it sounds mostly like scheduling issues. Uh,
0: well, which is unfortunate. They need to hire me. I'll schedule <laughs> everybody to what they need to do, and we'll get it done and on time. Do you hear right. that, Marvel? Yeah. Hire me. All
1: right. So, what do you think of the art?
0: Uh, it's okay.
1: I've I've been really loving Azrar. We have both been singing his praises. I agree. There were parts of this issue that were awesome, Azrar, and parts of this issue that looked a little rough Forced. or maybe rushed.
0: Maybe. Well, and I did read this in guided view, and when you read in guided view, whenever you blow up little bit of little bitty panels, they look a little um rough around the edges.
1: Yeah, I agree. I still thought overall it was very good, but it did not feel like the like A-plus super home run that I've been getting used to from Azrar.
0: No. I'd kind of give it a B. The colors were still awesome. Yeah, the colors were awesome. I give art kind of like a B. Yeah. Just because I agree. I think there were parts that felt rushed.
1: And honestly, I think part of it too is some of this, like like has kind of set a certain bar. Cause he's been really, really good. And right. so anything less than like excellent is kind of disappointing.
0: <laughs> Which, and not, and this is true with any artist, you're going to have your days where no matter how good you are, it's just not happening.
1: I wouldn't say this isn't happening. There's still several really, really great There are. Pages. But yeah, the, some of it but is you a can't little
0: can't be 100%, right. 100% of the time.
1: Like for example, the student is weighing in the grass. To open the book, it just looks, meh. My Jean looks super weird.
0: Well, yeah.
1: Anyway, what did you think of the story?
0: I thought it was okay.
1: Yeah, meh. Kind of a, a lame way to end the series, I thought.
0: It, yeah, in fact, I didn't realize it was the end of the story.
1: Yeah. And so anyway, so all these mutants at Utopia, which I'll name them off Which is fast. funny,
0: because when after I read it, I was about to go, Huh, I wonder what's going to happen next time.
1: <laughs> yeah. So our mutants. The guy I didn't recognize from the last time was Elixir. So we had Random, Mask, Elixir, Boom Boom, Karma, and Madison. That's Jeffress. a horrible name. Well, that's from the late '80s. I know. It's
0: a horrible <laughs> name, and they make fun of it too. Yeah.
1: So all of these characters, I don't. I'm not. I don't have any particular attachment to, and Bendis didn't give me anything in the story to attach me to any of them. So that whole scene in Utopia felt like white noise to me.
0: I could see that.
1: I was just like, okay, whatever. I I don't really care about any of these characters. And there was no reason in the story for me to care about them. And even like all the like kind of political stuff, like with with mutant rights and stuff like that, and the stuff that the X-Men are supposed to represent. I like all that stuff. But in this, for whatever reason in this story, it felt a little flat. I can see that. So... Anyway, I was a little bit kind of bummed about this issue. I this is one of my consistently one of my favorite books, and this issue just didn't quite deliver. I can see that. Let's <laughs> see like if I, I can say I, that. I feel like I have a string I'm pulling off of your back now.
0: <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs>
1: Anyway, what do you want to grade all new X-Men number forty one?
0: I can see that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it three out of six.
1: I also gave it three out of six claws, which well, is not a bad grade, but it's a low for this book.
0: It's just middle of the road.
1: Yeah. Just kinda I didn't need this. there's nothing about this that I needed. No. Besides maybe the cover. Eh. Eh. <laughs> Alright, well anyway, that's our Wolverine Roundup. Yeah. Okay, so that's gonna do it for episode one thirty one. We had some big Wolverine news.
0: Sure did.
1: We had um the end, the grand finale of Wolverines <laughs> And we had lots of fun stuff with Secret Wars. And um that's gonna do it. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Wanna thank you. A big round of applause and thanks to our special Secret Wars correspondence this episode of course we had jack and dan and ethan
0: yep go ethan yes. and jack and dan
1: yes yes but of course as far as plugging before we get on to our plugs we want to definitely plug again uh, the Intra comics podcast you know we've had them on here i've been on there we're a nice big uh, family so check them out if you haven't already pretty sure most of you already have and and should but definitely uh, go check them out
2: they
0: love you you love them.
1: <laughs> they're a happy family. Yes, they're at Pod. That's their Twitter. And again, real fast, Jack's Twitter is at JLWChambers. And Dan's cha- Twitter is at Gizmo151183. So follow all those guys. They're a lot of fun. And as far as our plugs, uh, all the usual stuff, leave an iTunes review, uh, like the Facebook page.
0: Do not email us at...
1: SnickCast at Yahoo.com. And Twitter, where all the fun is, is at SnickCast. And um, I think next up, we'll finally uh, start releasing some of the flashbacks that I have recorded and just need to edit.
2: (laughs) You've been saving?
1: Yeah, well, I've been saving for when I needed them, and I think I'm going to need them next week. So um, that'll probably be what we get, but... Regardless, whatever comes next, we still love you. So until next time, hugs hugs and snakes. snakes. Bye. Bye.